Hi, this is Stephanie, the host of the Empower Your Life podcast. And on this episode, we get into a knee presentation. Um, knee pain is one of the most mismanaged diagnoses that we get. Um, and a lot of times it's because, you know, I always tell people where the side of the pain is, is often not where the source of the problem is coming from. So you can have knee issues that um, could be coming from the back, could be coming from the hip, could be coming, um, it could be coming from the knee, it could be coming from a combination of things. You could have issues in the ankle that can create knee pain. <clears throat> and a lot of times um, when you go in and you see a doctor spending 10 minutes with you to figure out what's going on is just not, not enough time to figure it out, especially when you're like, I'm not really sure what happened. I just started hurting one day. They do imaging. They tell you it's arthritis. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be hurting the rest of my life. I'm going to have to be on medications. I need a knee replacement. Um, and these are not often not the case. Um, we have saved people from having knee replacements. We have saved people from having meniscal tears or like minor, like, you know, uh, knee surgeries because what they were looking at as far as what they thought was going on really wasn't going on. Um, and so that this presentation will get into a lot of those, those things like why surgery may not be an option. What, why MRIs um, don't always give you all the answers, you know, how to know if injections or medications are really going to help with this, or is there something else that can, that's going to be a better solution for you. So this is a fantastic presentation and I can't wait for you guys to learn more. This is the Empower Your Life podcast, where you can find some of the best health and life tips to keep you active and living life without having to go through surgeries, procedures, and medications. We want to give you hope that it is possible as the body has an amazing ability to heal if we give it the right environment. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast to hear a very special offer. Without a further ado, let's get started. Hey guys, uh, my name is Stephanie and um, I am owner of, of Empower Physical Therapy and I'm gonna introduce Hillary here in a second, but we're gonna be talking today about how to stop knee pain. It's a topic that we see people all the time um, that are having some knee pain. And I mean, I can even just kind of share share my story. Uh, you know, obviously how I became a physical therapist, I loved just um, learning about the body, but there was a surgery that I had when I was in my late twenties that I wish I never would have had. And if I would have known some of this information that I'm sharing with you tonight, I wouldn't have had the surgery. My knee probably would be better off today than where it was before. But, um, that's kind of what some of the things that we're going to be talking about. So I've been a physical therapist for 20 years. Um, I've gone on some people know what it is and people don't know what it is, but, um, another kind of diploma in McKenzie. It's a, it's kind of an evaluation process. Um, I grew up super active, was um, a gymnast early on, and then got into playing soccer, played college soccer, went on to play some professional soccer, got into marathon training, pretty much abused my body. So I, I, I probably had most of the injuries that most of you guys have had and have been able to kind of get over it. And I think I've used my body as a, as a template to understand it, <laughs> literally. But that's just a little bit about me. So Hillary, go ahead and share a little bit about you. Hi guys, I'm Hillary. Um, I've been a physical therapist for about four years now. And just like Stephanie, um, I've always been really active and really um, enjoy staying active, playing, staying active and playing sports um, all throughout high school, college and after. So um, I continue to have little aches and pains here and there, but I'm always kind of trying to figure out how to solve it on myself and so I can help my patients as well. Um, I'm a postural restoration specialist as well, which means um, just taking a bunch of courses on how the body works and moves together and how having a stable base um, and thinking about your postures and patterns um, while you're doing exercises helps to alleviate some of the muscle imbalances and things that we see that drive um, some pain. So what are we gonna talk about tonight? Um, we're gonna be talking about why pain pills, medications and injections, and even surgeries don't work. And we're gonna get into some of the research there. Um, why MRIs and any kind of imaging can lead us down the path of more unnecessary procedures. We're gonna talk about some of those things. Um, what other healthcare providers miss in helping you get back to living your life and staying active and mobile? Um, we'll get into that. And then is arthritis really causing your pain? I know with the knee, especially 
people literally, um, they'll go to the doctor, they'll take a picture and they'll say, oh, it's arthritis. And then that's, that's it. And I can tell you a lot of times that when people come in and they're blamed that arthritis is the problem, it's often not the problem. It may look like they have arthritis, but it, that's not what's creating their pain. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Oh, I can't see the lines here. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll figure it out one of these days. <laughs> so some of the ways that, that kind of we can help you and just a little bit, um, you know, I always tell people where the site of the pain is, is often not where the source of the pain or of the problem is located. Um, and we say this a lot. So this is one of the things that we'll get into that a lot of the other healthcare pro providers out there, a lot of times, even, even physicians, you have knee pain, they only look at the knee. They don't look at anything else. Um, and that's, that's a problem. And then I want you guys to stay tuned to the end because we'll be talking about, um, we'll give you kind of a special offer. Um, so make sure you stay to the end. So let's talk about the causes of knee pain. There's so many different causes to knee pain. We often think that, oh, the knee, it's really easy. It just bends and extends and that's what it is. Um, but it's more than that. And so, um, you know, I always tell people there's kind of four phases of, that we have to look at, um, of, of our evaluation. So, you know, the first phase is really looking at that mobility phase. And that's like, how does that joint move? But not only just how the, does the knee move, but how does the hip move? How does the back move? All these pieces can play into like knee pain. And you wouldn't think it would, but it, it totally can. And so if you don't have the mobility in any one of these three areas, it can be creating problems. And this is the phase that a lot of people miss. A lot of healthcare pro providers miss. They don't look at that. They go straight to strengthening, which really is the next phase. It's that muscle imbalance, that those movement habits. We've got to look at that kind of next. So what are the individual ones when everything's moving um, or we've checked everything and everything's moving great. Then we have to go into that muscle imbalance and, and movement habits. It starts to work on the muscles um, from a, a strength perspective. And we start out with like, you know, individual weakness, because sometimes Quite frankly, if you haven't been able to move in certain positions for a while, your muscles don't even know how to fire correctly. And we have to like get you to like get that the basics of getting certain muscles to fire. And that could be anything in the evaluation. That could be, you know, maybe some of your hip rotators are not firing. Maybe your quads not firing fully. Maybe um, your, your hip extensors aren't firing. Maybe there's some part of the core that's not firing. Like we have to look at the whole piece together and then, and then we put it together um, and with movements. And that's like that movement habits and starting to figure out like what you're doing throughout the day that may be creating some of your problems and retraining the body. So we'll get a lot of runners that'll come in and it's like if they're doing it repetitively, but they don't have the right you know, strength and they're having some movement habits that aren't good, that's gonna create problems in the body, especially when we're doing something repetitive. Um, same thing, you know, we always have to go into like, what's, what's tight, you know, are there muscles that happen to be really tight? And sometimes we can find, you know, IT band, really big one. Maybe it's not tight in the band part and it could be tight up in that muscle part of it, which is closer to the hip, or maybe it's both. We've got to look at that. Um, we've got to look at hip tightness, hamstring tightness, quad tightness. But then we also have to look at like, why is this tightness happening? Because if we don't get into the why, then we could be just treating a symptom. Um, and so those are all other things that we have to look at with like causes of knee pain. Um, and, and really looking into, I, I mean, the back and the hip. There's so many things that are in those areas that can create knee pain. Um, we had someone that was um, had tore her ACL and was having, we told her to do easy rehab somewhere else. And when she really needed us, come, come in and we'll get her back to functioning. And so that's what she did. But in the middle of her, her treatment, she was having issues with her knee and it was really starting to bother her. And um, she was talking to a physical therapist about it, the, the place that she was going to. And they were trying to do like cross friction massage in her knee and dry needling in her knee. And, and it just wasn't working. And she was frustrated. She's like, I don't care. I'm just, I'm just going to come, come into our office. So she called us, she got in and we started asking her some questions. And she was also telling me that her back was getting really tight. Um, and she'd been in before with her back. She goes, I've been doing your exercises, but they're not working. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Is there anything else that's tight? 
She goes, yeah, my hip too. So we're like, okay, let's start looking at all this. Come to find out her hip wasn't moving very well, which was creating a lot of tightness around her like, hip muscles, um, also into that IT band. And so we had to get the hip moving. And once we got the hip moving and we started releasing some of the tightness that was happening because the hip wasn't moving, her knee pain went away. I mean, in one visit, it went away. Now we had to go and work on some other things. We had to work on getting her stronger, but that knee pain that was like so debilitating was gone. Um, and, and these are things that, that are all things that we have to look at in order for us to really um, see the whole picture to resolve the knee pain. Because one of the things that, I, that I'll tell you is if you are not sure what you did to your knee um, and it just started hurting one day, nine times out of 10, you do not need surgery or anything. It's something that you did. It's something that you, that, that, you know, movement ha habits, tightness, things that are happening that we have to figure out what the pieces of the puzzle are to get you back to living your life the way you were. These do not usually need surgery. Um, it's rare. Like, I think I've, I've sent zero people to have knee surgery. I think we've sent like, oh my gosh, five or six people um, in four years to have, to have surgery period. So it is possible to not have to have surgery um, if, you know, you know, like asking you questions and really understanding kind of what's going on. And, and, and especially if you aren't really sure what, what you did to create some of your pain. So Hillary, why don't you talk a little bit more on like why medications injections don't work? Um, so there are many ways that we feel pain. Um, your pain is either mechanical, can be, um, thermal pain, chemical pain, or can come from autoimmune or emotional um, er emotional things happening on going on in your life, like stress. Um, and some of the autoimmune stuff just causing more inflammation in the body as well. So there are all these different ways that you can have pain. Um, you can also have uh, referred pain coming from a muscle or um, nerve pain, and those pre present a little bit differently. So you kind of need a skilled provider to figure out what type of pain you're having and you could be having pain coming from like multiple um, areas. So you could have emotional pain as well with mechanical pain too. Um, and they kind of all, um, the emotional pain can drive the mechanical pain and make that worse as well. So looking into all those different ways you can have pain and experience pain, um, an injection just going into that area isn't necessarily going to address all those reasons. So that's why an injection might not work for you. Um, or an injection might work to address one of the reasons like mechanical pain. Um, it might decrease some of the inflammation around the area um, for a short period of time. So I don't know if some of you might have had injections before in the past and um, yeah, they can, they can work. They can work for, they can work for a month. They can work for three months. But then um, it's kind of like a Band-Aid. It's not addressing really the, the reason you're having that pain. Um, and medications are kind of the same thing. It's kind of just addressing the, the symptoms, kind of covering up what's um, that pain and not really finding the root cause of it. Anything? And I think that's the, the biggest thing that we get um, in our healthcare system. We tend to treat symptoms. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and, and the doctors, honestly, they don't, they don't, you know, spending five minutes with you to go and look at an image to say like, okay, this is what we need to do. Okay. Um, the only options they have for you are to give you an injection, to give you medications or to do surgery. Uh, they don't really have many other options, but the problem is, is that you have to get down to like why it's happening. What kind of pain is this? You know, mechanical pain is like, you need, you know, just like your car breaks down, you need a good mechanic. It, it, what happens a lot of times is, you know, now we, our car breaks down, we go hook it up to a computer and the computer says, here's seven different things that are wrong with, with your car. Well, are all seven things wrong with a car? No, like one thing is wrong with the car. That's not any different than us going, and we'll get into this here in a second, hooking ourselves up to all these testing to say, these are all the problems that we find. Well, are all these the problems? Well, maybe not. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. More likely it's not. Um, but if you get to someone that's a really good car mechanic, they don't need those tests. They just, they listen to what you said, the cars happened, you know, is was going on with the car and they can go like, okay, let's, let's look at this, this, or this, because it has to be one of these things. And they know exactly where to go to. Well, it's not any different finding a good mechanic of the body because we ask you the questions and we figure some things out and we're like, okay, we need to look at this, this, and this. These are the areas that we need to look at because 
one of these or all three of these or a combination is giving you some problems and we need to address it. And that's, that's really what's going to happen. Chemical pain, it's really easy. The questions that I love to share with patients um, on like, if you go to a doctor or if you really feel like you need medications or injections, and if you really think that's, that's going to be what what's going to really help you, these are the, que the questions to determine if it really is. If your pain comes and goes, um, then it's not a chemical pain. Chemical pain is throbbing, aching. It's there. Um, and there are times when you need injections so that we can actually be able to move you, but it's, it's not, it's, it's very rare. So if you have your pain and it comes and goes, or you can change your position, your body position from like sitting, it bothers me, but when I stand, it feels better. Or when I lie down in this position, if you can change your position and change the pain to make it better or worse, that's, that's mechanical pain. That's, that's something that needs to be addressed there. It is not chemical pain. You cannot change your position and make that inflammation, that throbbing go away. Um, so that's how you kind of can know whether, you know, drugs or injections may work or not. Thermal pains like burns and sunburns, we can kind of take those off the list. And one of the biggest things I think that we actually can help you with um, the most, because, I mean, we get people that have tried everything and nothing's worked. That's um, a lot of our clientele. And we'll get people where we're, we're their last straw. Um, and I, I can tell, and I, Hillary can tell, and Lisa can tell, we can tell when, you know, we fi start fixing the mechanics, but you're still having some issues, whether there's autoimmune type stuff going on and you've got to address it. You've got to address the source of, of where everything's coming from. We also can tell when there's emotional um, components that, that people have, that that's really where, where their pain's coming from. And if they don't start addressing some of those things, they're not going to get better. It's like, you'll, you'll, you'll be treating all these symptoms and chasing things all over the body, but you're not getting to the source of the problem. And that's probably the biggest thing that we um, can help people with, even if we can't help them, which is very rare um, usually, but we have other places we can give, get people to so that they really truly can get their life back. So Hillary, go ahead and talk to you a little bit about like why surgery can lead to more surgeries. Um, so a lot of times when you have surgery, you're expecting to, great, I'm going to have the surgery. My pain's going to go away. Um, after months of rehab and working to gain your range of motion, maybe you don't have the results you're looking for. And that we see that a lot, a lot of people come in and there's like, I had the surgery, but you know, my knee, I can't straighten it out as much as I could before. And then, then there's muscle imbalances and then they still have this pain. So then they're, they go back to their doctor and the doctor might say, okay, well, you know, let's look at this. And, and, oh, well, that looks like you have uh, arthritis in your hip and that's probably causing it. And then that, and then you might have another surgery there. Um, so basically having a surgery and not, and you, you might not ad actually be addressing the pain. Um, so then you're kind of searching for the answers again and um, might lead you to having another surgery. Um, so sometimes this happens with the shoulder and the neck. So a lot of times the neck um, can refer into the shoulder. And so the doctor looks at the shoulder and they say, oh, you have arthritis and, you know, look, looks like there might be a rotator cuff tear. So you get that repaired, but you still have your pain because it's coming from your neck. Um, so that can happen just like that. And then you can kind of bounce around and, and try to fix all these different areas, but it's really not getting to the source. Um, and then another reason why is because you, when you go in and you have surgery, you're changing your regular anatomy. Um, so say you have back surgery um, and that, that you have a fusion or something. So you're not moving, you know, how you'd normally move. It restricts your motion. The areas above and below that are going to change. And then your body's going to start trying to compensate a little bit. And so then that can lead to more wear and tear and breakdown. Um, do you have anything else to add, Stephanie? Yeah, I can tell you too, like a thing that happens all the time. Um, with physicians, especially when you start getting into your 40s and beyond, is, um, you know, you'll start having knee pain. And the biggest thing they want to do is clean up the knee. Um, and I can tell you, when you look at the research on doing a scope and cleaning up the knee, it's not any better and sometimes worse, definitely worse. It can be worse um, after the surgery than you were, than, than people that just did general exercise, not even specific exercise, not even exercise that addresses like like where the problem's coming from, just a general exercise. So, so
surgery that that's just going to go in and say like, oh, we're just going to clean it up. It's the first phase is what they tell you. It's the first phase of, you know, the most conservative that we can do because you're going to be in line of maybe, you know, one day having a total knee replacement. We see this all the time. Um, they don't work. The research on it shows that it doesn't work. And nine times out of 10, I mean, I, we've had people that had knee surgery scheduled to have a meniscal like repair or cleanup. And they came into our office, mostly because their wives said, you got to come in um, and you're not having the surgery until you come into this office because they knew they knew us. And we um, started talking and sure enough, it was like, this is not a surgical thing. Like, first of all, you have no clue what you did. So we should be able to fix these things. And we were, we were able to get the, everything moving and strengthened and, and they felt great and they were able to cancel the surgery. We have this happen all the time. So just because um, a, a surgeon says we need to have surgery, man, get to someone, an office like, like ours that really can spend the time to figure things out because if they're just wanting to do a cleanup on you, I wouldn't do it. Um, we, you know, I, we've had a person in here that was going to have a total knee replacement and I'm sitting there talking to her. She's trying, you know, deciding whether she's going to come in or not. And she's, again, she's tried stem cell on her knee. She, um, I don't think she had surgery, but she did injections and stem cell and she tried physical therapy at another location. And the doctor says, we need to do a total knee replacement. When I asked her, well, what's your, what's your biggest complaint? Like, what can you not do? And she said, I'm just so fatigued. And I go, well, how is a surgery going to fix fatigue? And she said, I don't know. I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, please don't have this surgery. And sure enough on this particular person, you know, her knee wasn't moving well, very well, but her hip really wasn't moving very well. And once we got her hip moving and then we got her knee moving, then she could actually get the muscles to start actually firing and working. And we gradually built her strength up and she's here still with us today. She just Pilates at our, at our office and she's there twice a week, um, every single week to do Pilates. And this is a person who barely could, you know, get the amount, like get to just to be able to go to the grocery store was an all day event because it was exhausting. She couldn't do it. Now she's doing the grocery store. She's walking in the morning with her husband. She's traveling and she's doing all these things. But this was a surgeon that wanted to do a torn knee replacement. This is someone that did stem cell um, on her knee. This is someone that was doing injections on her knee. No one was getting to the source of the problem. And that's, and that's what you have to do. And that's why, you know, if anyone, anytime you want to have surgery, it should be your very, very, very last resort. So let's talk more um, on MRIs, Hillary. Um, okay, so MRIs are going to tell you every little thing that's going on in the in in that region. So, so you get an MRI or your knee because you're having knee pain, and it's probably going to show some regular normal things that happen as you get older, like um, you're going to have a little maybe a little arthritis. Or, um, you know, maybe it shows a little meniscal tear or something in there, but it's going to show like maybe five or six things in there, or maybe it'll show nothing. Um, and th those are the most, those are the, the fun ones when you're, you're in pain and then your MRI shows nothing. Um, they're like, well, why am I in pain? Well, because that MRI is not, um, not necessarily going to tell you why you're having your pain and it's not going to lead to um, getting to the source of the problem you need to ask questions, you need to understand pain, and you need to kind of have that experience and to find out what's causing the pain. So the MRIs will tell all these things and it's gonna make it seem like, oh my gosh, I need to have, I guess I need to have surgery. That's why it can lead to having, to having procedures that might not actually be beneficial to your body um, and get you what you want. So um, just know that your MRI, I mean, it can, it can give you helpful information sometimes when, you know, we'll, we'll be able to tell you and say, hey, listen, you know, we tried this, we tried this, like, let's, you know, you've got, still got so much swelling, let's see what's going on in the knee. And it might give us some information. But um, really, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's not the first line of defense. I always tell people it's an expensive selfie. And mm -hmm. if you look at the research on MRIs, it's not great. Um, I was actually shocked <laughs> at how bad it was. Um, and, it, and it was with every body part. So um, what, what you find is, you know, regardless if it's the knee, it's the back, it's the shoulder, it's the neck, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what body part it was. Um, you, if you took like, a, you know, a hundred people that had no pain whatsoever, zero pain, 
and then you put them in an M M and did an MRI on them, 60 to 80% of them, depending on the research that you look at, showed something from rotator cuff tears to labral tears in the hip to arthritis to herniated discs to generative changes um, to meniscal tears in the knee, like 60 to 80% of these, these people that had no pain showed something. That's a huge amount of people. And kind of what happens is, you know, what I tell people, it's kind of like, um, as we get older, we get wrinkles on our face and that's just a part of aging. Like it's not anything. I mean, we don't want the wrinkles obviously, but it's a part of aging. It's not dangerous. It's not like, oh my gosh, we need to have surgery. Well, when we, when we get older, we get wrinkles on our bone and we get degenerative changes and it's just a part of the normal aging process. Um, but when we image it, that's what it's showing. And so what you'll find is that as if, if they, if the population of people that they're looking at gets older when they're doing the research, then that number is much higher. Um, and that's kind of what happens. So if they're younger doing imaging, you may not find anything at all. And they're like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, you, you, it looks normal. I don't know what's going on. So uh, like what Hillary said, it should not be the first line of defense. It's very expensive to do an MRI to basically give you no information. <laughs> and when I tell people if they need something, this is what I tell them. I tell them to ask the doctor, um, you know, is this MRI going to change your course of action for me? And if they say no, then you don't need to get it. <laughs> because if you're, they're just doing this to look, but they still wanna do conservative, or you still wanna do conservative and you don't wanna have surgery, and they're just going in to see what it is. MRIs do nothing for us. They don't help us at all. In our, in our treatments and what we do and how we plan on doing the evaluation, they don't help us at all. And um, the only time it helps us is when we start seeing red flags, um, which we ask and, and we can determine, we can, we can probably pick out some of the red flags better than the doctors just because we're around you longer and they're with you for five minutes, um, unless they're like really, really bad. Um, and if you're not getting better and you're like, there's something else that's going on, like I don't, under, this is not making sense. Uh, and we don't think it's like an autoimmune or we don't think there's an emotional component to it, well, then, then it's going to be necessary. When, you, when it's going to change the course of our treatment, that's when it's necessary. But um, it should not be the first thing and you should save your money and put it in your pocket and use it towards something that's actually going to really help you. So these are some of the things that other healthcare providers miss. Um, and I put up on the top like lifestyle changes. Um, and really what I mean by that is what are you doing throughout the day that might be creating some of your problems? Because, you know, if you're doing something that is um, that, you know, let's say you're running, you're, it's the first time you haven't run very, very much at all. And all of a sudden you decide to do like 10 miles in one day, like that's going to create problems in your, in your knee, in your hip. It, I mean, in your foot potentially too. But there's there's things that you could be doing throughout the day that might be creating some of your problems. And so if we don't address that piece of it, especially when people come in and like, I'm not really sure what I did to hurt. I don't know how I made it. Like, I don't, I don't understand what I did. That's when we start asking, you know, a lot of questions. And some of the questions you ask, what makes it better? What makes it worse? Those kind of things. And the things that make it worse, we can start adjusting on how we do some of those things. Because that could be some of the th some of the reasons why you're having some of your pain. But no one ever gets into the lifestyle stuff. No one ever gets into the why did this start in the first place? Because we've got to fix it. Because if you go back to the same patterns that created the problem, you're going to be missing a piece of the puzzle. Because you'll go back to those same patterns, and then you, all of a sudden your pain returns again. It's one thing that we really really look at um, in getting you back safely and really looking at your form of whatever it is that you want to do. And just giving you, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it. So just giving you that awareness throughout your day of what you could be doing that might be um, making your pain worse so that you can make those changes and that starts to be, you can build new habits really um, that help you address that in the future and prevent it from, from coming back. Um, so I found like that really has helped patients significantly get better faster because you're, you're tackling the reason behind it in all these different areas in your life. I mean, you could have someone like literally we had someone because they couldn't put their feet on the ground. And I was just asking like, you know, they, they would have issues with their hip and sitting. And I'm like, okay, so let's talk about it. How do you show me how you sit? And I'm like, oh my God, you sit like that eight hours a day. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, 
we can't sit like that eight hours a day. That's going to be a problem because you're putting this joint in this weird position for eight hours a day. I go, we're going to have to adjust this and we're going to have to adjust how, like, you know, give your, your body some breaks with sitting. And as soon as we did that, it was like night and day difference. But a lot of times we wouldn't get go that far to asking some of those questions to, to figuring out like why it's happening. The other side thing that happens all the time, and this happens with like healthcare providers, like physical therapists, um, even chiropractors and definitely doctors. It's like, they only look at the side of the pain. So if you only have knee pain, they're only looking at your knee. And we're so specialized now, which I don't get that, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm only the hip doctor. You're going to have to go to the knee doctor. Oh, I'm only the knee doctor. You're going to have to go to the back doctor now. Like literally that's what happens. Like you go in for multiple things and you have to go to three different doctors. And I'm like, wait a second. Can we like, see if all of this is, is like, is there's a you know reason why all these things are hurting because they probably are all connected, but that's kind of what's happening right now in our healthcare system is we only look at the box and the site of the pain. And like I said before, often the source of the problem is not where the side of the pain is. We've got to look at the whole picture. The other thing that happens is we only look at the injury one way. So we only go, you know, we go to a massage therapist and we only look at the tissue that's tight. Well, why is that tissue tight? Is it because something's not moving that's creating some of that tightness? Is it because of movement patterns that's creating that tightness? If you don't get to the why, you're going to be missing the boat. Um, they only do strengthening. So you go to a physical therapist and all they do is the first thing they do is, is, goes straight to strengthening. Well, that's all well and good, but if you miss that mobility piece to see, is the knee actually moving the way it should be moving? Um, is the tib fib that's in the knee joint, I know I'm using big words, but it's another joint that's just below the knee. Is that moving correctly? Is the ankle joint moving correctly? Is the hip joint moving correctly? Is the back moving correctly? If all these aren't, if there's a piece that's not moving correctly, guess what? You're gonna feel it somewhere down the chain. And that's where we miss it. You can't just go directly to strengthening because um, if, if something's not moving, then your muscles aren't gonna be able to, to fire. And, and more than likely you will start hurting more by doing some of those things than if you, if you weren't doing some of those things. Um, or again, they only do injections. They're only looking at it from one way or they, or they do stem cell and they're really not getting to the source of what it is. Um, and they only look at imaging and base their whole decision based off of imaging. We literally had a patient that came in, saw, saw Hillary, and she came in and she, it wasn't her knee, it was her hip this, this time, but she got imaged by the doctor and the doctor was like, um, your hip looks great, there's no arthritis. And he, she's like, great, so why am I hurting? And he's like, he like was stumped, he didn't know. Like this is an orthopedic surgeon, he did not know. And he was like, well, let me see you walk. Well, you walk fine. She goes, yes, but I hurt. <laughs> and and he, his, his answer was, well, you're just really active. You should just be a couch potato. He literally used those words. You should be a couch potato and you should like do less. And she's like, well, like she walks, like that's what she does. She walks for work. She walks all the time. It's not like she's going out there running marathons. Like she's walking in her normal everyday life. That's her, that's her being active. Um, and that's what they're telling her. It's, it's ridiculous. You just, you can't base things off of imaging. Anything else to add? No, I mean, ma mainly like when you're not moving well and you're, there's something that's just not moving right. And then you do an, a strengthening exercise, your body is going to compensate to be able to do that exercise because it's not moving well. Um, and then those compensations are, can what really drive pain even more. So that's just kind of like why you can go to PT and you do strengthening and you keep doing, well, I'm getting, trying to get stronger, but your body's just compensating out of it. It's, it's just, you got to get it moving first. Yeah. So here's um, a success story on someone that literally had surgery scheduled and um, he was able to cancel it. So he was literally taking care of puppies, um, had puppies and he was on his knees kneeling all the time. And he woke up one day and he all of a sudden had severe knee pain and he went to the urgent care and they gave him some medication, which didn't work. So, and he was still in pain. So he went to orthopedic surgeon and he did MRI and basically said he had a torn meniscus and he needed to have surgery. And I was asking him, he, he eventually made it in. His wife made him come in here. And I asked him like, what did he do? He's like, I'm not really sure. I'm like, that's really weird to have a meniscus tear when you're not really sure what you did. I mean, a lot of times if you're twisting or doing something, 
Um, but I, I kind of knew like knowing what he was doing, I was like, ah, I'm pretty sure, sure what's going on. Cause you can have things that mimic a meniscal tear um, where the joint doesn't really move very well in the knee and which can happen with a meniscal tear. Um, and you take a step and the knee wants to kind of give away, which again can happen with, with the meniscal tear. I've had a meniscal tear, uh, but there's things that mimic that, that all, if you do a few mobilizations, you can start noticing the range improves and all of a sudden they're able, the, their muscles start firing better when we take baselines of those, as well as um, they, they can stand, they can squat and they don't hurt. So you can, you can really find and say like, okay, is this really like, is this really a meniscal tear or is there something else that's mimicking it that, that is mimicking that? And, and we can figure those things out. Uh, and again, like I said, if it's like, I'm not really sure what I did, my knee just started bothering me or any part just started bothering me. You, um, there's almost always, you, there's a way for you to improve, to get improvement without having to have surgery. Here is another um, story. This is one of our past patients that Hillary saw and we interviewed him and uh, I was gonna kind of share his story. Hey guys, okay. this is Stephanie here today and I have Jay, he's one of our patients. Actually, I've known Jay a long time. We like to impersonate each other, by the way, but um, <laughs> that's a long, another, another story for another day. <laughs> but um, Jay came in with some knee pain and, and a lot of times, you know, when we get people that have knee pain, they'll get some sometimes some scary diagnosis such as arthritis or meniscal tears and they feel like there's nothing that they can really do. And when you have knee pain, it, it really affects your life because it's kind of hard to walk and do, do your everyday activities and exercise when, when you have things like that. And a lot of times when you go to doctors and, you know, the first things they want to do is give you medications, injections, and, um, and that's like kind of your option. And, and it's just not true. So today we get to hear from Jay and, and hear more about his story. Um, so tell us a little bit about what happened. Hey, Stephanie. Good morning. Okay. So what I was doing, I was doing a lot of working out and, um, I was, uh, basically, I think my, my body was just kind of tired. I mean, he was kind of tired and I was coming out of a Starbucks and I, something caught my surprise. I tried to take off running to get out of the car and my niece said, nope, <laughs> just said stop. So then I went to my doctor and my doctor said, I strained my MCL, which I've never done before. And um, so then he said, okay, well, you need to go see PT. Well, I thought about you <laughs> and then, um, when I got with you guys, um, the diagnosis was deranged knee. Well, or deranged person? I don't know. Like, yeah, both. I just laughed, like deranged, <laughs> like my knee's crazy. Okay. <laughs> it was this weird feeling on the inside, and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't walk, you know, and I certainly couldn't, you know, lift weights or stuff like that. And I'm not a runner or stuff like that. And so I just couldn't do basic stuff. So um, Hillary Holler, which is great, she's fantastic, got me going, and I would do these exercises at home, and eventually got, well, I think one of the biggest things, too, was I was scared that I was doing damage to my knee. Yeah. Said after she worked with me, she goes, no, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit of goofiness going on. <laughs> I am 60 years old, so it's not like I can train for the Olympics anymore. What? Yeah, I don't I believe that. I don't I know, believe and that. I have this it. real type A personality, which is not good for an old man. So <laughs> there we go. That part. Oh yeah. And I so understand I just, that too. Yeah. So uh, I learned to, you know, take care of it and do these certain exercises and I'm pretty much back at full speed. That's awesome. Yep. So besides feeling like you're going to hurt it, what were some of your other fears? Well, I was just thinking, okay, um, I do have arthritis in that knee. And I was thinking, oh crap, this is it. You know, they're gonna have to do knee replacement. And I do not wanna get cut on. But uh, my doctor and you guys said, no, that's not the case. Just chill out. I mean, again, I'm not running or trying to play sports. So it's you quite manageable. You can walk and exercise and yeah, I mean, yeah. and your job, you're on your feet all the time yes, for your constantly. job. So yeah, um, walking so yeah. into the house, up and down stairs, there's all kinds of things going on with my job. I'm a realtor. So, you know, there you go. Well, and I know that's like your fears are like everyone else's fears. Like you all of a sudden start hurting. And the first thing you think of is, oh, I have arthritis and I'm done. Like I'm never, I'm just, you know, we, we go to worst case scenario. It's just like what happens, but oftentimes that's not what, what it is at all. And in your case, you know, sometimes things can kind of get like displaced in the knee. 
And mm -hmm. we just showed you some self-mobilizations to start like getting that moving better again. And then, you know, general strength exercises to, to get you back. And, and then you're, you're back doing everything that you, that you want to be able to do. And I do want and to say this is that with PT or with you guys experts, I had no idea what was going on with my body or why things were acting the way they did. Well, about the second time I came in, we determined that my hips are out of line. Mm -hmm. Well, I would have never put that those two things together. And every time I would do these hip exercises to put it back in place, I instantly get up and I feel better. Yeah. It's a hip slide and you just have to see it done. <laughs> but I can do it anywhere. Yeah. You know, I go walk over in North Park and I'll just lay down on the floor up against the wall and do a hip slide and no one ever says anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably afraid to. <laughs> like, what the hell? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cuss. <laughs> Damn it. I knew it would come out. I knew it would come out. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and, you know, what I always tell people too, is, you know, where the side of the pain is often not where the source of the problem is coming from. And there can be a lot of things going on. It can't just be one, one thing. There can be a knee component, but there also can be a hip component. There could be a back component. There could be a thoracic component when it comes to the knee. It's just looking and assessing it at everything to make sure, you know, everything's moving correctly. And then really teaching you what you need to do. So now, you know, like, oh, I, I, I know what this is. I need to go back and do these stretches so that I can um, keep mobile and, and feeling great again. Exactly. Yeah. And I've got my little exercise I do. And you know, I don't have to do a lot of them. It's not, no. it's not like it's an hour long session. No. It's usually <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes is what it takes me to go through that series of exercises. Yeah, that's it. That's our goal. I mean, even when you come in each, each week, it's, it's like we're building upon what, like, you're not, you don't have to do these anymore, but we want you to add the, these things. So um, you know, we know people aren't going to do a ton of exercises, but if we can give them four or five things to work on, then that's, that's definitely more doable. We're all, we're all busy people. Yeah. That's what happened for me. Well, yeah. Plus, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what was your experience like here? Uh, well, you people are crazy. Well, yeah. Uh, I see crazy. No, you're not crazy. Um, first off, it's enjoyable to come and see everyone. Everyone has a good sense of humor and, you know, I got kind of a big personality, <laughs> So, no. you know, people know how to deal with me. Yes, I know. Surprising. <laughs> I seem like a wallflower, don't I? I know. <laughs> kind of, you know, background kind of guy. And, um, you know, everyone just rolls with the punches. And uh, Hillary was great. She explained everything that was going on and why we were doing what we were going to do and what this is supposed to do. All those important kind of things that were important to me. So just want to understand why do I have to do this particular thing? She explained why it was. And yeah. Yep. So it's exactly. a great experience. Yeah. So if you had someone that um, you'd be speaking to that's like kind of on the fence of coming here, what would you tell them? I would say just chill out, stop <laughs> freaking out about it. You know, <laughs> they're not, they're not going to embarrass you or make you look, you know, like you can't do something. That's not it at all. And um, just, you know, you're going to have to go in, get, get past your fears and just go do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. We know there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of, a lot of similar fears and, and uh, this will definitely, you know, help them hearing your story. Sure, my pleasure. <laughs> so what do you take from this? Um, most injuries do not require surgery or medications. Um, most of the time the pain is, not co is coming from somewhere else. MRIs and x-rays don't help in guiding treatment and resolving knee pain. And see a specialist, a movement specialist to help you figure out where the source is coming from you will definitely get there better. You will get there, you will get better faster. Oh my gosh, I can't speak. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's true. Like we, we understand the body, we can ask questions and we can get things moving in the right direction, going in and searching um, with, you know, Dr. Google to figure out like, oh, these are exercises that I need to do. They're gonna be great for the knee. Well, it could be, but they may not be where you need to be. It may not be the first step that you need to take. Um, sometimes you go to other physical therapy offices and they're seeing two and three patients at the same time, but they're also just doing cookie cutter exercises. It's like, okay, we're going to do quad set, straight leg raise, hip abduction, um, you know, bridging, like they do the cookie cutter stuff. Now, sometimes we're doing some of those exercises, but there's usually a reason why and we'll really explain like, this is why we're doing this. And this is what the next steps are going to be. Like, you'll know, you'll understand the whole entire process. And we really just want you to understand that there is hope that you can get back to living your life again and doing the things that you love to do because we see it all the time in our, in our office. 
And I'm going to, we have some special offers here and then we're gonna get into um, some of the questions because we have a few of you guys that had asked some questions ahead of time and we wanna answer those. And then we'll stop the recording and, um, and if there's any other questions that we didn't answer, then we'll definitely get to those. So the biggest thing we'll give you, like we have um, what we call free discovery visits where you actually can come in and talk to us, talk to one of the specialists um, about your knee. Um, it's free and we're really there to help you make a better decision about your health. Whether you come into our office, you don't come into our office, we can at least um, give you some education. Um, we don't really move you or anything because a lot of times we just ask, we can ask questions and we can kind of figure some things out there. Um, these are the areas that we would look at um, and how we, how we could help you. And then if you want to come in for a full evaluation, you can do the, you can do the discovery visit to make the decision. You don't have to, um, you don't have to come in for the evaluation, but if you want to, and you decide that you want to, um, we'll give you hundred dollars off the evaluation price. Um, if you use this in the next 15 days. So that is something that we want to offer to you guys so that, um, so that we can just really kind of help, help you um, figure out kind of what is going on. So I'm going to bring it back to, we have several questions that I want to go into. Um, and the first one is, we had someone that asked a question like they were having some knee pain. They went and, and rested and did some exercises, but it still bothers them. Um, they also kind of had fallen onto their hip a little bit. Maybe there's there's a hip problem that's going on. And yeah, so let me give you a little bit of education on just rest. If you injure yourself, you have pain and you rest. If you rest, um, or let's say if the pain's been happening longer than like seven, eight days, rest probably is not going to help. Now you can rest sometimes and you can feel better because you're doing nothing. But when you go right back to the activities, there you will start noticing that the pain will return. We see this, we see this all the time. So if, if it's something where it's like, oh, I just hurt, like I'm really sore, I kind of hurt myself a little bit, kind of tweak something and you rested and it went away in three or four days, you're not gonna have a problem. But if it's lingering longer than seven days, it's not gonna go away unless you come in and, and, and figure out what's going on. And, and as far as the exercise piece of it, you have to get to like the source. Like we said, there's mobility pieces, there's strengthening, you know, if the mobility phase is missed and you're going straight to the strengthening phase, well, maybe there's something else going on or maybe you're doing stuff for the knee and there's some issues that are going on with the hip or the back. So it's really figuring out like where, where are the pieces that are where you're getting some compensation that we have to figure out. Um, anything else you want to add with that, Hillary? No, I think you covered it. Um, another question is why they're still feeling some aches and pains um, and they're still really sore even after doing physical therapy. So, um, and this is like, I think they'd had surgery. So, you know, some of it, you know, this is what I told people at the very beginning. When you do your first appointment, especially like with us, like you do your first appointment with us and we're figuring some things out, we have to know how to navigate the body. So the first visit when we give you some stuff, um, you can get really sore. And some of that's because we're either moving something that hasn't been moved in a while or strengthening something that hasn't been strengthened in a while. Um, and, and that's kind of like if you go to the gym and you work out for the first time in 24 hours, you're like, God bless, I'm really sore. Well, that can happen with physical therapy, but that should go away in a few days, especially after the first visit. And if it doesn't, then it needs to be addressed. It needs to be like, okay, we either are doing something wrong or we're doing too much and we need to kind of adjust things. And that's what we do in our office. But if you go back to doing the same things and they're not adjusting anything and you're still hurting, then that's a problem. Um, other things that could be is that they're not getting to the source of why you're hurting to begin with. And they're just throwing some exercises and the exercises are the wrong exercises. Um, you know, if, if there are joints that aren't moving and let's say, um, you know, there are certain exercises that move into patterns of the joint that's not moving and that, that can tighten that joint up again. Um, I know you don't understand. We can explain it better if, if in person when we, when we talk to you, but you could be making um, the tightness even worse with some of the exercises if you aren't really knowledgeable about, about some of these things. So um, really, I would say if, if you're continuing to get sore, um, I would say then you're probably going to the wrong place. Uh, that's what kind of happened when I had my story with my, um, uh, the ACL, um, my patient, that's a longtime patient tore her ACL 
and she was doing the, the easy therapy. Cause I'm like, you can do the easy therapy and go somewhere else, but then come to us later when you want to really get back to your activities and we'll help you do that. Well, she was getting knee pain and it was like three visits. And it's like, it's not helping. You're not doing anything. You're not figuring it out. And everything they did was focused on the knee. So it could just could be that they're not figuring it out to figure out like what's going on and why it's happening. And then the last one is um, what are other options besides surgery? Um, you know, this, they don't want to have, have surgery. Well, there's so many, there's so many options. And, and I know this particular patient too, um, like one option I would say is definitely go and find a really good physical therapist. that's going to be able to work with you and figure some things out. Um, because especially like at our office, we can really kind of get to the source. And even if there's other components that need to be added. So like, let's say someone has really truly has like rheumatoid arthritis or some sort of like autoimmune type condition, then we have places that we can get people to where doctors will actually address that. Um, and usually it's not a medical doctor because they don't learn anything on the nutrition side of things and improving gut health and those kind of things. But we know where to get people to, to really hit the source of, of what's going on. Same thing with like, there's, you know, we've, we've had patients that have come in and they've, they've had an emotional component to it. Their pain was all over the place. They orthopedically, like mechanically were, were improving. Like everything was getting better. She was getting stronger, but her pain was all over the place. And I could, I could tell, I mean, I was like, even just talking with her, I'm like, there is a huge emotional component to it. So my answer to is, are there any other options? The options are you got to get to the source. You got to get to what is truly causing your issues. And I really believe there's so many things there's, I mean, I, I bet like 70% of the surgeries that we do in this country could be avoided. Orthopedic surgeries could be avoided. They literally have research on like total knee replacements where they were in line to have a total knee replacement. And they basically went through an evaluation process and they 40% of the people that went through that process and said, nope, let's do this. Let's do some of these joint mobs. This is what we need to do. 40% of, of the people waiting for a total knee replacement got back to their their activities in a normal life without, without anything. Like literally two, three weeks later, they were feeling fantastic and did not need a total knee replacement. So there's just a lot of, lot of research and studies coming out that are very similar to that. Um, and so I just say like, just be as conservative as, as possible. So guys, I'm gonna stop the recording and um, we will open it up to any other questions. Hello, my name is Victoria. I'm a client care specialist. I hope you enjoyed the information in this podcast. If you're looking for more information, to figure out how to fix your knee pain, click on the link below for our knee pain ebook. And if you would like to talk to one of our specialists, click on the link below for a free discovery visit. If you live in the Dallas Fort Worth area.